Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast recording of the Old Testament. Although this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort's been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. I'll be using for the text the Joseph Smith translation of the Old Testament, along with many commentaries from general authorities of the Church, BYU professors, Bible scholars, and others. This format will be very detailed, and so if you want a deep analysis of the Old Testament, you come to the right place. Thanks for your attendance. Hi there, welcome back. This will be for Daniel chapter 6. I'll read the heading to this one. Darius makes Daniel the first of his presidents. Daniel worships the Lord in defiance of a decree of Darius. He is cast into the lion's den. His faith saves him, and Darius decrees that all peoples are to revere the God of Daniel. All righty, so... Verse 1, it pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 princes, which should be over the whole kingdom. And over these three presidents, of whom Daniel was first, or one, that the princes might give accounts unto them, and the king should have no damage. Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes, because an excellent spirit was in him, and the king thought to set him over the whole realm. Delich and Kiel commented on this issue. The successor to Belshazzar would be inclined towards its recognition, Daniel's promotion, by the reflection that by Daniel's interpretation of the mysterious writing from God, the putting of Belshazzar to death appeared to have a higher sanction, presenting itself as if it were something determined in the counsels of the gods, whereby the successor might claim before the people that his usurpation of the throne was rendered legitimate. Such a reflection might move him to confirm Daniel's elevation to the office to which Belshazzar had raised him. Though the above may be true, Daniel's great capacity should not be discounted. A wise ruler would recognize and use a man of Daniel's stature. And that was out of the Institute Manual. So remember in the previous chapter when Belshazzar or Daniel, yeah, Belshazzar put him as the you know, under him, then that made Daniel the successor or the and that's why he's the one of the presidents here. Verse 4, Then the presidents and princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find none occasion nor fault. For as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. Then said these men, We we shall not find any occasion against this Daniel, except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. Then these presidents and princes assembled together to the king and said thus unto the king, King Darius, live forever. All the presidents of the kingdom, the, the governors and the princes, the counselors and the captains have consulted together to establish a royal statute and to make a firm decree that whosoever shall not or shall ask a petition of any god or man for thirty days, save of thee, O king, he shall be cast into the den of lions. So it looks like the the princes here are trying to uh, appeal to, to Darius's um, vanity. Verse 8, Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing that it be not changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which alter not. In other words, it can't be revoked once it's been signed. Wherefore, King Darius signed the writing and the decree. Now, when Darius knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house and his windows being open in his chamber toward Jerusalem. He kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God and his and as he did aforetime. So Daniel uh, is doing the, praying to God, but he's uh, also leaving the windows open so that, that he could be seen. Why did Daniel pray toward Jerusalem? In Solomon's dedicatory prayer over the temple, he referred to the people praying toward the city which thou hast chosen and toward the house that I have built for my name, for thy name. 
Uh, also, the prophet Joseph Smith counseled the twelve apostles to make yourselves acquainted with those men who, like Daniel, pray three times a day toward the house of the Lord. President Wilford Woodruff, in the Salt Lake City or the Salt Lake Temple dedica- dedication, said, "Heavenly Father, when Thy people shall not have the opportunity of entering this holy house to offer Thy supplications unto Thee, and they are oppressed and in trouble, surrounded by difficulties, or assailed by temptation, and shall turn their faces towards this Thy holy house and ask Thee for deliverance for people or for help for Thy power to be extended in their behalf, we beseech Thee to look down from Thy holy habitation in mercy and tender." compassion upon them and listen to their cries. These prophets do not suggest that the direction in which one faces when he prays has some mystical significance, but rather that it is an attitude of spiritual facing. To face the temple, which is the temporal representation of the house of God, suggests that one turns his heart to the Lord and the covenants made in the temples to be more like him. Verse 11, Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. If he'd have just shut his window, he'd probably have been okay. Then they came near and spake before the king concerning the king's decree. Hast thou not signed a decree that every man that shall ask a petition of any god or man within thirty days, save of thee, O king, <clears throat> shall be shall be cast into the den of lions? The king answered and said, The, the thing is true, according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which altereth not. Then answered they and said before the king that that Daniel, which is of the children of the captivity of Judah, regardeth not thee, O king, nor the decree that thou hast signed, but maketh his petition three times a day. Then the king, when he heard these words, was sore displeased with himself and set his heart on Daniel to deliver him. And he labored till the going down of the sun to deliver him. In other words, he's looking through the laws to see if he could find a loophole whereby he wouldn't have to cast Daniel into the lion's den. Then these men assembled unto the king and said unto the king, King, O king, or know, O king, that the law of the Medes and Persians is that no decree nor statute which the which the king establisheth may be changed. The king has shown how powerless he really was. He had to rely on God to do that which he himself could not do. Then the king commanded, and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. Now the king spake and said unto Daniel, Thy God whom thou servest continually, he will deliver thee. And a stone was brought and laid upon the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet, and with the signet of his lords, with that the purpose might not be changed concerning Daniel. Then the king went to his palace and passed the night fasting, neither were instruments of music brought before him, and his sleep went from him. Then the king arose very early in the morning, and went in haste unto the den of lions. And he went, and when he came to the den, he cried with a lamentable voice unto Daniel, and, da- and the king spake and said to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God whom thou servest continually able to deliver thee from the lions? Then said Daniel unto the king, O king, live forever. My God hath sent his angel and hath shut the lions' mouths, that they have not hurt me, for as much as before him innocency was found in me, and also before thee, O king, have I done no hurt. Then was the king exceeding glad for him, and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den, and no manner of hurt was found upon him, because he he, belong, he believed in his God. And the king commanded, and they brought those men whom he, which had accused Daniel, and they cast them into the den of lions, them their children and their wives and their lions, and the lions had the mastery of them. In other words, they overpowered them and break all their bones in pieces or or ever or before they came to the bottom of the of the den. 
So even as they're lowering them down, the lions are killing them before they even hit the ground. Why, there's a question: Why kill the wives of children too? One of the th one of the families might come or might cause insurrection in the future. The lesson must be severe enough to warn others. Verse 25. Then King Darius wrote all wrote unto all people, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth: Peace be multiplied unto you. I make a decree that in every do dominion of my kingdom men tremble and fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God and steadfast forever. And his kingdom, which that which shall not be destroyed, and the, and his dominion shall be for even unto the end. He delivereth and he re, and rescueth, and he worketh signs and wonders in heaven and in earth. Who hath delivered Daniel from the power of the lions? So this Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. He had served five kings: Nebuchadnezzar, evil Merodach. Belshazzar, Darius, and Cyrus, few courtiers have had so long a reign, served so many masters without faltering or without flattering any, been more successful in their management of public affairs, been so useful to the states where they were in office, or have been more owned or of God, or have left such an example of, to posterity. And that was by Clark. Uh, kind of similar to Joseph that was sold into Egypt, how he became uh, second in command only to Pharaoh, and Daniel rises uh, pretty high here too. Anyway, that's the end of chapter 6, and we'll see you next time. Bye!